0: who wants some?
2: God help us, Jesus. God and babies, Jesus help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking
0: radio. Fucking yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. You're coming to on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together like my nuts.
2: I ain't scared
1: of you motherfuckers. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio,
2: period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Your Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and has become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. The shit is bananas beat and Well this is Mr. Insanity Toby Flying, and if you're not listening to
1: your Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You are listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann.
0: man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio.
2: Give a nigga a real quick, that cow guy. All you have to do
0: is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but he doesn't. Now look at that doc, you only fuck that. Black D. Oh. This is bullshit, man. <laughs> Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you. And
2: fuck you! And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by JCAT Morris, you are now listening to Yakuza Yakuza Kick Radio! Oh, shit!
1: right, running a little bit behind schedule. I just got in from my daughter's, um, my 12 year old daughter's, uh, Winter concert, they call it. Um, these events stress me out beyond belief. Um, so many things to complain about about that. I'll save that for later. Um, I do believe I have on the line my guest for tonight, and she is the Chakara Grand Champion, Kimberly.
3: Hello, hello. How are you?
1: Hi, hey, I'm all right.
3: How I'm you doing? doing? Well yeah, it's been a I'm while. Actually, since I I'm actually out of and, show um, right now. <laughs>
1: Yeah Did you wrestle already or
3: Yes I did I already wrestled I just got a win over Samantha Heights At Rockstar Pro Um, Check them out I'm pretty sure they just got a Streaming site so you can watch it back
2: Excellent Yeah
1: so you've been up to a lot Since I last talked to you And um, go over some of it Um, I guess you know Go from more recent
2: to backwards a little bit Um,
1: So I'm I'm not the, the biggest Chicago fan but I had seen um you know some things leading up to it and um Eddie Kingston's promo definitely got my attention. It was one of the the best promos I've ever seen and um you know, it piqued my interest to see who won it and then next thing you know, Timber Lee's the new grand champion. How did that all come about and how you know, how was the experience for you? Um,
3: as far as experiences go, it's probably one of the biggest things it it is the biggest thing that's happened to me in wrestling so far. Um, it was crazy to be in front of that crowd and to have it happen and just all year long fighting an uphill battle because uh, the reason I was able to cash in uh, was because I had just won the Challenge of the Immortals, which was a whole year-long double round-robin tournament for Immortality, mm-hmm. which was three points to Challenge for the belt, and I used mine right away, and that was clearly the smart move to make and it, it it was just amazing and in my personal opinion a real step forward for women's wrestling too.
2: Sure, yeah.
1: Um so it was kind of like a money in the bank type thing?
3: Yeah, basically is what it was. I cashed in my three points. Um each member of my team got their own set of three points and these big gold coins and um you can cash them in for any title at any time.
1: Nice. So you know, this has obviously gotten you a lot of exposure. I um, turned on the uh, the news yesterday morning, and,
2: and there was <laughs> yes, uh, Kimberly yes, and the Cara
1: students. And, um, you know, wh- wh- what's it been like, you know, since then, getting all that extra exposure and uh, news and everything else? Uh,
3: just a crazy whirlwind, and uh, my life has gotten a thousand times busier than it already was, but this is what I've always wanted to do and so for me it's um the more time I can spend doing what I love so I I I don't it's like not having a job really because this is what I want to be doing and so it's it's just been great and I've loved everybody I've gotten to talk to and hearing all the stories of how um I've been able to reach other people because of it it, it's a great feeling
1: sure now you know you've had a bunch of different things going on recently obviously the you know the big Chikara win um previous to that there was a big controversy that came about with um beyond wrestling and your feud with uh chris dickinson i'm sure you've talked about this (laughs) to an endless extent but um you know what's what's your side of the situation i've talked to pretty much everybody but you about the situation on my show and um You obviously have more knowledge of it than any of them.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, uh, the biggest thing I've been saying is all I've ever wanted to be looked at is as another wrestler. I don't want to be looked at as a women's wrestler. I want to be treated as an equal and beyond wrestling is a place where I've been able to be that and establish myself as one of the front runners in the company, even though I'm a female and, and, with everything that happened in the match, it was my choice to make it DQ. I agreed to be a part of it. Um, I am still standing and walking around and doing what I do now. Um, And personally, I think if it had been another girl giving me the move or if I had been a man, I don't think it would have gotten the same amount of attention. Um, I think it was kind of timing why it got so much controversy too, just because there had been a lot of, stories about domestic violence like right at the same time too and so i think that also had played into part with it because i mean that's by far not the most brutal thing that's been done to a woman in a wrestling ring by a man i can think of with right off the top of my head like um sure and so i just think some of it was timing but um i've Love the continuation of the feud, and it's actually all coming to an end. It's the final encounter, finally, at Beyond Wrestling on uh, the 31st um, in Massachusetts. And uh, it will be Team Lovely, me and Heidi Loveless, versus the United States Death Machine, Chris Dickinson and Sammy Callahan. So I know I'm looking forward to that big finale Um.
2: Yeah.
1: Now, you know, I didn't have a problem with the spot. It obviously caught a bunch of heat and everything. But um, I, I mean, looking at the two things side by side, the week previous you took a spot where it was like a leg drop over the um the guardrail, and I thought that looked worse.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, um, that I mean, you ended think, a whole lot worse for me too. Right.
3: Yeah. Unicorn horn and blood everywhere. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, so, I mean, do you think it was just the Internet exposure, the amount of people who saw it, or what do you think it was that yeah, got the I, other thing I a bigger think, reaction?
3: I think it was some of it was right place, right time. I just think it, it happened to be seen by someone who made it explode, and it just went out of control after that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, now, was it difficult for you, you know, going forward from that? You know, because, I mean, overall, you had to kind of make a like a statement on the situation. That kind of hurts the selling of it, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, um, it was it was a difficult decision to make. We I actually disappeared off the internet for probably almost a week. Um, I didn't say a thing. I just kind of let things happen. Um, and making the decision to make a statement was difficult because suspension of disbelief does come into part there, and you never want to really break that, but. just seemed like the best thing to do at the time and to let everyone know that I was okay.
1: Right. Um, Lephisto had made you mentioned Lephisto, she had made a statement about it and, um, you know, partially kind of um, second-guessing her own decision. Um, What was your take on that?
3: Um, You know, I can see why she would say, like, take second-guess what she's done and everything, but to me, like, the things that she's done and her standing up to men like that—she's one of the biggest people who's inspired me to wrestle, and I—I I love LaFisto, and it, so I don't want her to think that she hasn't reached anybody or it was all for naught because like she reached me, she made me want to be able to stand up like that, and I know I'm not the only one, and um, I actually talked to her personally about it too, and. Let her know. And I was like, I love you, so and you're a part of the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing today. And so,
1: right. Um, I mean, has it um has it helped or hurt your booking since then? Because I mean, obviously you're doing pretty well for yourself, but I I saw opinions from you know everything from bookers to wrestlers to this to that. Um, I
3: don't I don't think it really hurt them in any way. Uh, I feel like I actually started getting more probably after it happened, um, people wanting to jump on the bandwagon and get us in the ring together other places. But we actually uh, made the decision not to let that happen. So. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's cool. Um,
2: so um, back in March of
1: last year, you had wrestled, I, I believe, your first show for um, Bat Frank at Jersey All-Pro. And you worked in a scrambled match. And um, what was it like working for Bat
2: Frank?
3: Um, it was a great experience. I've actually known Frank for quite some time. That was the first time I had worked for him, but, um, I remember being at Jersey all pro when I was first starting and standing out there flyering and, um, you know, he's always somebody who was, who was great to me and rest in peace. That was absolutely shocking news and completely unexpected because you don't expect people to just be gone the next day. I mean, I had I had literally talked to him on the phone the day before, like um, he passed away, and so for me it was just like, oh, what, what do you mean he's gone? And like, all I, like, all we can hope is that all of us that continue to work for Jersey Opera now can keep his vision alive because I know that's what he would want. Sure.
1: Um, now, you know, at the, the Fat Frank Memorial, um, the anniversary show, um, they lined up a match with, with you and Shelly Martinez. Now, I mean, you guys had a little bit of, you know, bad history or whatever you want to call it, but, um, you guys went in there and you handled it like complete professionals. What was it like, you know, going into that match? Were there nerves or, you know?
3: Um, no, there actually wasn't at all. Um, she's a professional. I'm a professional. Uh, personal, doesn't play into that. Um, we have you. whatever things had happened in our past were in our past. We actually had some really good conversations. She's a great person, and uh, it was a really fun match. I enjoyed it a lot, and I would love to hang up with her again sometime. Cool, cool.
1: Um, you also, um, you know, recently, oh, actually, yeah. Quite a bit. You've wrestled uh, Mickey James and, um, you know, she was a girl who, you know, did quite a bit on TV and everything else. Um, What was it like working Mickey?
3: Mickey James is quickly becoming one of my favorites, if not my favorite opponent. Um, I actually have another match with her uh, this coming weekend along with Christina Von Erie a Three Way Dance and then I'm wrestling her again for National Pro Wrestling Day at Chicara and so it's it's become kind of a feud everywhere and every time it gets better and better. And I, I love working with Nikki. She's, she's great. And there's a reason why she went as far as she did because she's an amazing talent.
2: Um,
1: what what do you think has been the most surreal moment of your career thus far? Is it the Chikara win or? Yeah,
3: I think it. it's it definitely, it definitely has to be the Chikara win. Just hearing the crowd um, there were went, girls who just started crying in the front row, and like it, it was just so surreal. I couldn't, it, it didn't even really hit me that it was happening until it was happening, and just insane.
1: That's awesome. Um, so you got into um, a tag match, I think it was a three-way or a four-way, and beyond uh, at the end of the tournament, and you got in the ring with the hit Squad, and they were, you know one of the most feared tag teams on the Indies in the early 2000s. And, uh, what was it like being in the ring with the squad?
3: Um, you know, I, our teams didn't really have much interaction at all. Uh, I don't know if we had any. Um, obviously, they're two huge competitors compared to me. I'm a little teeny tiny girl, so being that, I, I want to be able to work as uh as hard as the men, but I have to understand my limitations too and there's a different way you have to approach that. I need to get out of the way because if they get a hold of me, I'm done. Um but right. unfortunately that that got cut short because of course, for Zuzu, as always, has to jump me and get involved. So I didn't right. really get to have much interaction with them, but I'd love to work either one of them or both of them in a tag at some point. It would be awesome.
2: Sure.
1: Um, now, you know, over the past, uh, probably year or two, it's really picked up as far as indie people getting picked up in NXT and a lot of people are getting these big shots and more and more, it's, it's, you know, the people that you see the indie people wrestling are showing up on TV. Have you had any thoughts of, you know, trying to make that next step or, you know, have you gotten any, any close calls to getting there
2: yet?
3: um you know there's always stuff going on we're always trying to get as far as we can obviously tv is the biggest platform we have to show what we do and show what we can do i would absolutely love to get there but what i always say is i want to go and i want to be able to be me and i want to help make changes i don't i want to be a part of the quote-unquote diva's revolution and make a change for women's wrestling and make it something that people don't it's not the, oh, I'm going to get up and go to the bathroom now match. I want women's wrestling to be, yes, yeah, the girls are finally on. This is what I came to see. That's what I want to be brought in to do. All
1: right. Um who are some of your favorite opponents you've wrestled that, you know, really put on that type of wrestling that you think you can go out there and tear it up and it'll be just, you know, the same caliber of matches as any other guy on the card?
3: Um, No, absolutely. Mia uh, Yim, for sure. Uh, we actually haven't had a singles match in probably about two years, but for the first encounter in two years, it's going to happen at the reunion. Uh, reinstatement, I think that's the word I'm looking for, of uh, PWS bombshells. Um, So I'm really looking forward to that. And then uh, another favorite opponent of mine is Heidi Loveless. We wanted to have a match together for a long time and it didn't happen and then finally we got it and she's just great to work with and stand up. And then Candice Luray uh, Lofisto is one of of my favorite matches. Um, Just, yeah, lots of great women just great talent and Ironically enough, the ones I keep naming off are the ones that can go toe-to-toe with the men, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, you had um, recently run a race over, in, uh, you know, down in Florida. I think you ran it last year, too. It's um, really impressive. Um, you did the whole marathon and, like, a like a whole challenge. Explain the whole situation yeah. to me. Yeah. Uh,
3: last year, all I did was the full marathon, and a full marathon is 26.2 miles. that's a lot in itself but this year I completely lost my mind (laughs) and I decided that I was going to do what's called uh, the Dopey Challenge and what that is is you do all four races of the weekend so you start with a 5k which is 3.1 miles the next day you do a 10k which is 6.2 third day you do a half marathon so 13.1 and then you finish it with 26.2 miles on the last day totaling in 48.6 but you get six t-shirts, six gold medals. Um, so it's all about the bling, really. And you get to run through Disney yeah. World. Like, it's great. <laughs> I rode a roller coaster in the middle of it. We got to, we rode Everest. Uh, the army men from Toy Story uh, made us do push-ups at about mile 20. They started yelling at us because we stopped. And they were like, drop and give me 20. And we were like, why? Um, and then... <laughs> The fun part was stopping in Germany, in Epcot, and across the finish line with a beer. So great.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. You've definitely created another goal for me because I'm not a huge, huge runner. I, I run obstacle races, and, I've, you know, I've, I've pushed myself towards a bunch of those different things, but I haven't really focused on the running, like, you know, solo. So, <laughs> yeah,
3: well, I'm um, a run walker. Be, like, I don't – the- by no means did I run the whole thing. <laughs> um. I definitely run walk. I do about two minutes running, one minute off, two minutes running, one minute (laughs) off. And you're stopping to take pictures of characters along the way. I got to see my boyfriend, Jack Sparrow. He's going to be my husband someday. He doesn't know it yet. But, (laughs) yeah,
1: it was great. (laughs) How long does it take you to to do a marathon?
3: Uh, Well, because of the Disney race and so much stopping and stuff, I think it took us, like, Six, six and a half. But um, typically, it wouldn't be quite that long. Like if you were actually running or doing the run walk the whole time, it'd take less time. But you gotta account for roller coaster riding, beer stop, character pictures, that sort of thing.
1: Right. Um, how do you build up to 28 miles or, or whatever? Yeah.
3: Uh. And lots and lots of boring, boring training. The training's probably the hard part. Um, I'm, I regularly run five miles. That's about my base now. Um, and you just, you do maintenance runs throughout the week, and then you have kind of your, there's different, like, speed drills, and you do hills uh, for different drills, and you um, just Uh, you'll do like days where you're doing like the maintenance size runs. You don't really go over five miles and then you do a longer run and the long run starts with like seven and then it builds up to 10 and then you're doing 13. And then until the day, you actually, most of my training programs would have me run 27 miles total. So a little bit extra than the marathon, because if you can go past that, you can definitely make the full. Right. So it's, and it's it, it takes so, a lot. I I run outside most of the time. Uh treadmills sure. make me want to rip my eyeballs out. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> no, so I don't boring. <laughs> but um How how often actually, do you run
1: your your big chunk runs? Like how, like the bigger runs that you're talking about, how often do you, you know, take a shot at those bigger runs? Uh,
3: they're only those only happen if I'm in like a training regiment. Um, the next race I'm looking at doing is in may yeah it's in may so i'm i'm kind of out of training right now so i'm just doing like well, three to five miles every day right now but um come like about eight eight or nine weeks out it's only a half marathon i'll start the actual training regimen again
2: Nice.
1: so you know, then when you're running these, I know I have a lot of questions, but I do the racing too. So, no, you know, no, um, don't worry.
2: <laughs> um,
1: when you when you're doing your run training, you're um you're running your you know whatever you're putting out there, and even um even like you, you said, you're three or five miles a day. How do you work that into actually doing the leg training in the gym? Um,
3: when I'm in a training like. Training sequence um, for a marathon or something, and my runs start to get really long and heavy. I don't. My leg training kind of goes away for a while. Um, but when I'm just doing oh. my regular maintenance runs, I'm I'm already used to those, so I'll I do leg day still. Um, but yeah, when I'm like big in marathon training and I'm trying to run 20 miles, I can't squat before I do that. I'll die. <laughs>
1: right. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the problem I ran into last year. I did a whole lot of obstacle races, and I did, like, zero run training and tons of gym training, so I did seven obstacle races and pretty much no run training, so it,
2: it was
3: yeah. kind
1: of tough just because, you know, do, doing all that beating up your legs in the gym, you really don't want to run.
3: Yeah, yeah, but um, let, once you once you get used to it, like, I would say start doing the runs, like, I don't know, my leg day falls on Monday. I try and start running like later in the week when you're starting to get into the swing of it because I know I personally hated running, like hated it. I was like, I'll never run. That's awful. Why? Why would I ever do this? And then for some right. reason, I got the half baked idea to sign up for a marathon. I never run in another race. I went right for the big one. And um, <laughs> once you start to get into the rhythm of it, you fall completely in love. I'm like, anymore my life my whole day is like thrown off if i don't wake up and get outside and run
2: (laughs) yeah
1: yeah i'm already starting this year off better i I threw like seven miles at the first day of the year and then like another five miles last week so i'm i'm already training better run wise than i was last year and you know mixing it up with the gym stuff so yeah um,
3: definitely and don't be afraid to stop and walk when you're trying to get mild in like you don't I like I said I'm a run walker. I don't run straight through. Like it's and it's it's about finishing. That's that's the important part.
1: Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it's it's definitely very interesting. I mean, good luck with that. You know, doing all those big runs are definitely impressive. Thank you. Um. So, um. <laughs> oh, definitely wanted to mention the. Um. I know you wanted to talk about your Seahawks going back to the Super. Bowl. No.
3: And, um, you don't have to talk about. I don't. Him. I don't know. I don't know when
1: that's going to happen, but...
3: um, I don't know what they did for the first half of that game. Let me just say, they were still in their sleeping bags, and then they decided to wake up, but you can't spot the first 31 points in the first half. You can't do it.
1: No, no, definitely not. (laughs) Now, um, you know, no love lost from a Niner fan, you know... um, to, to Seahawks, Obviously, but, but have um, fun
3: with Chip Kelly. You guys are going to end up in Alaska for, like, no reason.
1: Like, I don't think so. I, I really don't. We're a different team than the Eagles. You cannot judge success off of something that happens in Philadelphia. You just can't. I just I, I just don't think so. But um, now, as a Seahawk fan, I you know, I looked at this and I thought it was ridiculous. When Marshall Lynch decided to stay home instead of showing up to at least sit on the sidelines in that, that freezing cold game in Minnesota,
3: uh, were you no, okay that? was that? a just little like, no, I was a little like, come on, really? Like, I don't know. To me, it was just kind of like, are you, kind of like he lost the heart. And that's stuff about yeah. I'm a big B-Fo fan, so I was like, oh, no. <laughs> but, I mean, at yeah. the same time, like, if he was really hurting, like, maybe he needed to stay home. We don't exactly know his whole situation, so.
1: Eh, I mean do you, do you think he's done with Seattle next year? I mean you got Rawls, he's another great back.
3: Yeah, I don't know, man. Like we, we handled our own without him there and in the game. I I can't say he played out of best by any means, so I don't know, we'll have to see. Yeah. Well, yeah,
2: definitely, um let me see what else do I got.
1: Um so Disney-wise, because you're obviously, you know, a big, big Disney fan and everything. What are your three top Disney movies?
3: Ooh, um, definitely Nightmare Before Christmas, because uh, I love creepy things. Um, <laughs> Cinderella, because she's my favorite Disney princess. Um, I was dubbed Kimberella for the entire weekend while we were down there running. <laughs> yeah. um, and I would have... I don't know. There's so many good ones. Uh, I'll go with, for right now, I've been on kind of a big inside-out kick because I just watched that one. So I'll go with that. <laughs> but there's so many good ones. Like right. I would just watched Hercules and Hunchback and Notre Dame. Yes, I watch Disney movies regularly. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I, there's a constant Disney movie, you know, playing in my house for the most part with a six-year-old twin That <laughs> that's an easy go.
3: So how many times have you seen Frozen?
1: Uh, um, <laughs> heard it playing in the other room or seen it? Because I've seen it zero, <laughs> but I've heard
2: every <laughs> heard word that's gone on in that movie.
1: I've heard every bit of that movie. <laughs> just haven't oh, time yeah, actually sure. it. Oh yeah, I'm sure.
3: At least a thousand times.
1: Yeah, the the soundtrack is burned into my my soul, pretty much.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but if I had to pick uh, Disney-wise, I'd probably go Lion King. Lion King's definitely my favorite. Um, then probably, like, Finding Nemo. And um, I don't know.
2: I'd probably have to throw, like, a DuckTales movie in there just to involve DuckTales. all right. All right. <laughs>
3: I did, but, um, I did do, yeah. we wore Dewey, Louie, and Huey for one of our costumes, and they actually had a Scrooge McDuck, it was great.
2: <laughs> nice.
1: But, um, but yeah, um, is there, you know, anything you want to, you know, put out there promote?
3: Um, you know, just, uh, the places where it's best to find where I'm going to be at next, all that stuff, because I can never remember it off the top of my head when I get put on the spot, <laughs> um. You can always check out my Facebook.com slash bombshell Kimber um, or my Twitter and Instagram, which is at Kimber underscore Lee nine zero. So uh, those are the best places to catch what I'm doing. I always post my date uh, this weekend on Friday. I'll be in Pugitsky, New York for global Force wrestling. And on Saturday I will be in Maryland for Maryland championship wrestling. Um, so that's what I've got coming up in the very near future.
1: Awesome. Um, before I let you go, can you do a drop for the show? You know, uh,
3: Yeah, absolutely. your
1: name, to show name, all that. Whenever you're ready, put your own spin on. <laughs> uh,
3: I'm do- okay, so what am I... <laughs> not going to see... Be- Yakuza Kick, right? That's all you want me to say? Yep.
2: Okay. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey there, guys. This is Kimberly. I'm a wrestler, and you're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Awesome.
1: I appreciate it. Um, you know... Like I said, uh, thanks for coming on. I'd definitely like to have you back on the near future. You're killing it, so I'm sure there's going to be tons more to talk about before you know it.
3: Anytime it fits in my schedule. Let's do it.
1: Awesome. All right. Take care. All right. so You too. Have a good night.
3: You as well.
1: So there you go. There's Kimberly. Like I said she she's absolutely killing it out there, you know, Dakar Grand Champion. That's not something that uh you know, you hear a lot, you know, um there's only a couple of those. Again, I'm not, you know, the biggest Dakar fan in the world, but you don't get a you don't get that easy. That's uh that's something that's definitely earned. Um you know, held up there pretty prestigious. I don't know the uh, you know, the, the title history. I know it's um definitely Eddie Kingston held it forever. And uh I think it changed hands and from there, uh, Kimberly ended up with it after that. So um, you know, good on her. Like I said, big controversy. She came out on top and um, you know, she's she's getting in there with some bad motherfuckers and uh, you know, tearing it up. So um like I said too the uh the race stuff she's doing is definitely impressive to me as somebody who's, you know, doing a lot of big things physically that way. I do the obstacle races, but man it, putting that type of mileage on your legs is, is some serious, uh, business. So, um, eventually I'm going to, you know, do that same challenge as you did. You know, definitely, um, it's just a matter of training for it and then getting, you know, the whole Florida set up, which is a whole nother thing in itself. Um, that's, uh, pretty much it. I'm going to take a, a quick break, which man, the hardest fucking time with this this computer before, because like I said, I just got home from my uh, my daughter's uh, concert thing. You know what? I, I'll take a break and I'll come back and complain about that. Um, <laughs> let me see. Where's the, where's the fucking song? Because I tried to upload uh, new shit and uh, it, this computer hates me, man. I, I got to send this shit to somebody before I start setting it on fire. Um,
2: let me see. God damn it. Uh, Man, this is not, all right, let me just play this. Bullets fly, my niggas ride, you've been advised. They fly, won't let it slide, let's finish line. oh my mind, these niggas fool like dinner time. Revenge coming, I grab a tool and drill it mine. No bash, about a out of phantom, they know it's me. Start shooting, they screaming, it was the K-O-B, yeah. I'm a killer with a smile, fuck fame, I'm the king, dope dealer with a crown. Never stop shooting, till them niggas on the ground. In the street screaming, my retaliation coming down. Yeah, they put my
0: homie in a grave, so I'm barefoot running through the peas with a K. Uh, but they mama's better pray, cause I got them on the list, I'm just trying to find a day. All black, four rugas in one match Ride by and dump, make sure they all clap After the rapid body comes the gun smoke. After the smoke. Homicide, homicide. After the homicide comes the funeral. Funeral, after the funeral, it's time to ride. Revenge, after the rapid fire comes the gun smoke. Gun smoke, after the smoke, clear you see the homicide. Homicide, after the homicide comes the funeral. Funeral, after the funeral, it's time to ride. Revenge, I'm cut from a different cloth. Eat what I kill. Blood on my dinner fork. I'm in the field with it. I ain't really with the words. Any disrespect, it's gonna be a purge. you, you Holler to me when you see me if you with the cop Cool if I'm uncomfortable, my niggas letting off. Letting drop your top, on. can't run to the cops. why? Where I'm from, my niggas pay off the cops. They try to catch me slipping at the party. Somebody gon' to be the son of an van on van I'm for now. Tooth for tooth, the season. Motherfuckers missing the roof. My sleeper. Same nigga you call a freak the hoe. What else? Same nigga push you on a Peter Road. What else? All the suckers got to pay. 50 shot clip. You gon' see 50 shades of gray. After the rapid fire comes the gun smoke. After the smoke clear, you see the homicide. After the homicide comes the funeral. After the funeral, it's time to ride. Revenge. After the rapid fire comes the gun smoke. After the smoke clear, you see the homicide. Track him through his pitches. That little girl cute, but gangsters don't do it for the fine. We do it for dead homies and niggas on the crime. Fuck shots like boot camp. Fan five, and Cliff slip inside of the, the neck. like man.
2: a fast pop Beretta Glock Smith Sig EAA pick a choice. I got five nines like Royce. he was up top with my man. Flying him a kite, wrote me right back. We got him. Finding him tonight, gun under his shit. Had to fire with all my mic brains. Left him lying right on the lights Man from Kenafi Heard he was and in the heights Out of the dynamite pocket The iron he got me After the record.
1: yeah um anyway i you know i had um like i said my daughter's uh winter concert as they call it um you know here, here's how the thing is man like i i hate these events the the thing is is you know I, I love my kids i love spending time with them i love playing with them you know i mean you can see how i interact with my kids you know how i am as a father so don't uh you know don't take what i'm saying as as you know some kind of negative situation but these fucking uh these school events are ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. You get the dude, you know, uh usually a dude who runs like the band or you know all that. He is like way fucking excited to be there, right? And you know, whether it's you know regardless of who it is, but they always they always act like like they're accepting a fucking an Oscar or some shit. You know what I mean? Like they're out there they're like I got to thank this one and that one, and, like, come on, man. Like, I just worked eight hours at the job, and now I'm sitting here and, you know, trying to get this shit going. And you got all these people's kids up there, and they're all just trying to see their kids' performance and then, you know, maybe still, like, eat dinner that night and shit like this. You know what I mean? So this guy's up here thanking his third cousin, and, and you know, one time someone, you know, fixed a water fountain that was broken in the hallway. And, and he just wanted to thank them because all the kids would have went thirsty without that. And then he's got his little jokes. So you could tell, like, the dude has never been a comedian in his life. So, of course, when he's like, you know, this is better than the cafeteria. <laughs> it's like, all right, man, enough with the jokes. Can we get the fuck on with this? You know, and it, this this is the way that this shit operates. Every one of these goes on like this. And, and they just stand up there, oh, oh and I don't want to leave out, you know, um Miss Anderson, because you know Miss Anderson has been with us for 13 years, and without Miss Anderson, none of this would have been. Fine. I don't know the fuck, Miss And. Come on, man. This Miss Anderson shit, man. Take her out to dinner after this. Let's go, man. So, so there's that. And then, I mean, Lisbeth, me, I'm way too judgmental for these situations. I just am because I sit there, and it's just like, all right, they, they're like, all right, we got, we got the chorus. Oh, it's, it's crazy because the chorus started out with eight people. Well, this year, we have 138. I ain't even fucking with that number, man. It's, it's seriously 138 kids in the chorus. 80-something kids in the band joint, all right? So uh, <laughs> don't tell me that there's 138 fucking stars in the making out there. You know you know that shit ain't right for a lot of them, you know? Now, I mean, as a cynical, judgmental type dude, you just got to look at this crowd of kids and just go like, which one of these kids is going to wind up in prison? There, there's there got to be, there's got, I mean, 138. There's got to be like a few of them that just really get, get it fucked up. Before like the end of high school, they trail off and they do some old show up in the paper type shit. You know what I mean? There's got to be and you just kind of like eyeing them up like which which one is it you know what i mean one of them is not going to one of them is not going to end well you know it's just not there's no it's 138 you put 138 of anybody in, in a group there's a couple of those motherfuckers that ain't going it's not going to end well you know what i mean just just by just you know statistically speaking this shit's got to go off you know shit's got to go wayward now then they do the thing where they have um they all right well first they start off with a little dance number and they got a little little boy kid and a little girl kid now a little boy kid isn't given any um any believability to the fact that he may or may you know actually be into the girl he's dancing with cuz i mean there's, there's just not a chance in hell so they're they're doing that and it's horrible and they're flipping and spinning all over the place and it, it is what it is, man. Come on, um, on with it. So so then again they they go into the singing part. Um, they go to that All of Me song. Now look, the first girl that comes out, she starts singing. She's got a voice, man. She's doing a good job. And then all of a sudden, because they got like four people who are gonna do solo shit up there, right, for this this All of Me song, right, the the John Legend shit. So they got the two chicks and they got the two dudes. I don't know what the fuck those two dudes showed up for because they couldn't sing for shit. So they got these fucking two dudes. The, the one dude's got a broken foot like he couldn't walk or sing right. And so he's standing up there, and, and this is what he's going to do. So the first chick, she starts singing, and it's like, oh, man, look, she's got a good voice. You know what I mean? There you go. And then and then the, the dude chimes in, and it's like, this, is, this shit's now fucked up. You feel bad for the girl because it's like, man, they, they got involved, these and then the other one She chimes in And it seems like She might be able to sing But she's trying to like Overpower the other chick You can tell there's like An internal struggle Going on in their band Right there And um She's just trying to like Blow her out and shit And she's just obnoxious You know what I mean Like you could tell This this kid probably gets Everything she wants At home And doesn't hear Like no Without bugging out So that's I mean you gotta read into it this. this is the only way You can actually watch this shit Me and And you know And I'm I'm with my daughters over here and uh, you know Jada, she she's um she's right with me there. You know what I mean? And she's she's got the same look on her face. Like come on with this shit already. So, and that's the coolest part about Because, man, you, you hang out with a couple six year olds when you're getting bored or shit. You look they they were bored twenty minutes ago. You know what I mean? Like it, they're they were looking to wrap this shit up before we got out of the car. Let alone you know once we're in there. So so there's that. So they start singing, it. and look, I can't hear that John Legend song without thinking, now, now look, it's a, it's a great song, you know, beautiful song, all that stuff, but every time I hear it, I gotta think of the cunt he's singing about, man, and it, that broad from the fucking, uh, the lip sync fucking battle shit, that bitch is just trash, absolute trash, and when, you, like, you hear the lyrics, and you're like, yo, he's talking about that bitch, like, that bitch is garbage, man, like, she just, she Fucking ridiculous She makes me sick Every time I see her I couldn't watch that Fucking show anymore Um I, I, I First off Like I couldn't watch that show Any fucking way Cause it I, I just couldn't I couldn't stay with it It was like Funny for like Ten minutes I'm like Alright we gotta We gotta switch off of this You know what I mean So but But her She's just on some Vapid Fucking empty Vapid bullshit And um Every time I hear that song I just think about Like this motherfucker Man So there's that. And then, uh, you know, they, they continued on and they did the thing. But, you know,
2: the dude who's,
1: like, the conductor, I always wonder, like, if you just walked up there, like, knocked him out of the way and started throwing, like, gang signs and shit, like, would the whole band get fucked up? Or or is the bullshit he's doing with his hands kind of worthless at that point? Now he just wants to be involved. I don't really know because I always wonder how's that go? Like, he started doing this up and down shit with the fucking, with his hands. I mean, do they at that point just know the song? Or is this shit, you know what I mean, with, with the fucking hands? Like, is he he actually making them play, like, puppets with his hands? Or, you know what I mean, at some point that c- becomes kind of worthless, you know what I mean? When people play a fucking song, just just a band and shit, you don't see a dude waving his fucking arms up and down, like, getting keeping it moving, you know what I mean? So so I don't really understand if he's actually doing anything when it comes down to it. You know, maybe he's teaching them something in the class, but I think by the time they get to the stage, they either know it or they don't, right? And he just... He's just, like, pointing at motherfuckers and, like, doing the shit where, you know, like, you know, if the teacher is trying to get somebody in line in, like, um, in, you know, in, like, a pep rally and there's some kid fucking off in the in the bleachers and he's doing that shit where, like, he's, like, yelling at him, but he's not yelling, like, he's not really, like, making noise
2: but he's, like, pointing
1: at him, and making a bunch of gestures and shit. That's kind of what this dude is doing the whole time. Like, he's kind of, like, pointing at one motherfucker and, like, shaking his hand around and then like nodding like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And then he goes to another one and he starts like mouthing some shit at them and then he you know, then he starts you know, it, it it's it's crazy. And then they did the the dark horse song and it's funny because this dude, you know, he's on some bull he's on some real bullshit, man. Like you can tell like the music that he listens to is some bullshit, man, like some real classical fucking stand in the elevator, fucking shop right Isle three type shit, you know what I mean? So This fucking guy, (laughs) they're doing the dark horse, and they start to get, like, a little bit of a beat to it, you know? And uh, he starts to, like, nod. And I almost fucking died laughing real quick because when it hit the little beat and he starts nodding his head like he's down with it, this shit was just funny as fuck, man. You had to see it because, you know, that like, he's way out of even... Even before the song, he, like, prefaced it with going, like, now I don't like this shit at all, but I kind of let them pick some songs. So you know, like I don't like Katy Perry, but you know, here here it go, we we let them. So it it was just it was just funny, man. But you know, I mean, keeping a uh, six year old occupied through that, you know, showing Jada the pictures of polar bears on my phone and shit, just trying to keep her keep her moving, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, they're always rough. They're always really really rough. These uh these uh, experiences out there. Like I said, um, there's no way all these motherfuckers are talented. There's not. And, and you know, there's somebody's kids. Everybody's parents are in the fucking audience. so You know, goddamn well, you can't say shit out loud. You just got to kind of stomach it and hope the motherfucker, to, you know, the worst is up there. Isn't the guy sitting next to you, you know, see the looks you're giving his kid. You know what I mean? It's just... It's just an uncomfortable, crazy-ass situation, like I said. And the dude who's, like, running it, like the people who are running it, this is like their fucking Super Bowl. If they don't watch the Super Bowl, I guess, I would guess, I would venture to guess that the dudes running the band don't watch the Super Bowl. It's just my own judgment. It's just my own thought and uh, hypotheses on the situation. But they don't look like Super Bowl watching motherfuckers. So this is their Super Bowl. They stand up there. And this is their shit, man. He could not be fucking happier. Like he just comes up there, he's like, you yeah, man,
2: um,
1: look, we're gonna do this. They're gonna dance, and then we're gonna take like a five-minute intermission because we gotta set up the, the court. So, later on, we're gonna come. We're gonna take another intermission, probably like fifteen minutes. And we gotta set up the band. That's gonna be a little longer. Thank you for your patience. This shit's gonna be great. Like this dude is hyped. You can tell by the look on his face, like he, he's fucking psyched. You know what I mean?" So, but it's crazy. It's crazy as fuck. Um, so anyway, um, I was going to load some tracks in there tonight. I, I got a crazy-ass mixtape, and um, there's a couple of tracks I want to play, and I guess, you know, I'll just leave it at that one break. But um, next week I'll, I'll put on some shit and, uh, you know, get those uh, things done. And you know what else is crazy, too, is because I had to go from um, from uh, from work, change my gear, and then go to the school, and then come to here. I didn't have the show set up. Plus, I wrote a bunch of notes down on lunch on a piece of paper, and then I left that fucking piece of paper at work when I changed my clothes at work. So I'm hoping the uh, the interview came off all right, but I kind of had to, like, last-minute try to whip back together the shit I whipped together with a little bit more time on my hands and had it a, a little bit more laid out than what I already did. So I hope it came off all right, but man, I was just like on edge because I just got done with this fiasco at the school and came home and fucking just just fucking crazy. And then my computer was doing the shit where it just fucking... I I started to set the thing up and I hit like create show, like I I wrote Kimberly on You Kick Radio, that create show, and the shit does this thing where it it just makes like an art pattern on the screen. Which means the whole motherfucking computer is breaking. So, it just makes like, kind of looks like an old lady's couch and shit. It just goes like stripes and colors all over the fucking screen, and you gotta shut it completely off and restart it, and then it, it just starts slower shit, which is what it did. And then, um this was probably five minutes to the show and then uh i i got it back going and then again i hit the thing to try to like load a song on there and it's like it just it just got that little wheel that just spins around on top of the screen and then it'll pop in with a message that says like not responding which means it ain't gonna do a fucking thing you can punch the keyboard you can fucking slam the mouse hit it with a hammer it doesn't matter it ain't doing shit on that screen. It's just gonna stay on the same fucking screen. So I just had to, you know, call into the show, bail on the on the song that I was trying to load because I could see that, that Kimberly's already calling in sitting sitting there waiting and I'm like, fuck, so I had to just get it going. And um yeah, like I said, uh I've never um i I've, I've never claimed to be a professional organized podcast. Crazy that I've done this for five years now. Five years, I believe. Fucking crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, and, and this is as far as I've gotten. I really do need to send this fucking computer, um, uh, to Ruckus and and hopefully you know get this shit right because man, I I am gonna slam this motherfucking thing on the floor. Um, speaking of motherfuckers, I want to slam on the floor. Um, the gym, man, I have, I have really turned my fucking athleticism to another level, um, you know, not not really trying to brag and put myself over, but in the same token, like, I've never trained as hard as I'm training now. And what that means is I'm also more irritated with the casual, I don't give a fuck how I train type motherfuckers that get in your way at the gym. Um, there was a dude the other day. He's fucking standing there. Now, look, I got, this is yesterday, I got, um, back train, so my I, I start out with the lap pull-downs, and I start with the lap pull-downs, and I do, um, like, light-weights, heavy reps, you know what I mean, and then when I close out my my session, I do light-reps, heavier weight, you know what I mean, so you do a bunch of sets of your light-weight, heavy reps, and then, like I said, close out with the opposite, where you do heavier you know, like sets of 10, you know what I mean, where the other ones, I was doing like sets of 30, so anyway, um, I need that shit, that's how I'm, I'm starting, so, I'm looking at this motherfucker, first off, the other one was occupied by someone who was actually training, and then I look, and this motherfucker's got like, he might even have like one hand on it, but he was standing there talking to another dude that wasn't doing a motherfucking thing, and you know, he's like an older dude, um... And, and uh, you know, he's just fucking standing there. So, now, I'm an overly courteous guy in the gym. I'm not going to ask you for your shit. You know what I mean? I'm just I'm just not that type of dude. And and if I if this is the first that I've seen you like that, for all I know, you just stop moving. You know what I mean? So, I always give you the benefit of the doubt. Fuck it, man. I'll try to do something else. I'll try to, you know, waste some time. But I got my eye on you, motherfucker, because I do still need that shit, whether you got it or not. You know what I mean? So, He's fucking standing there talking Now I'm like Fuck man I'll do Three sets of fucking rows With cable rows and shit Cause it's right on the other side Of that shit So I'm close enough to still Like close in on that motherfucker If he's done with it right So I do three Fucking sets of rows This motherfucker still hasn't done Another rep On that fucking Pull down So I'm just like, yo, fuck this motherfucker, man. After my three sets of fucking Cable rows, I'm like, I'm going the fuck over here. So now I go over here, and I'm like, yo, man, you using this? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I I got one more set. So he still, like, he still throws out, like, another three, four sentences before he sits the fuck down to do the rest of his set. And then he throws in, like, six fucking reps. And then then he, he just takes, like one or two steps away from the fucking thing continues his conversation with the other fucking worthless dude and tells me, Oh yeah, go ahead, man. I'm like, all right. So then I go do my thing. But meanwhile, like again, he's like two feet away. Still fucking chat. It's just, I don't understand that, that level of fucking that, that shit right there. I, I don't understand that shit right there. Like I have a certain level of courtesy where like, look, I know there's two lap pull down stations. So I don't I don't have like huge rest periods. That's why like when people, you know, I've had people ask me like, "Oh, can I work in or can I jump in on, you know, between your sets?" I look at them like they're retarded because first off, I don't think you should have that much rest period in between your sets to involve another motherfucker doing sets. I I mean, I don't think so. Maybe maybe you should, maybe that's fine. I don't know. I generally train solo. So I don't have enough I'm in between my sets to be like, all right, somebody, let me get up, somebody else sit down, do fucking 10, 15 fucking reps, and then get up and have me sit down, that seems like a long fucking rest period to me. I mean, maybe if you got all day, and, and maybe if you're used to that type of shit, it's cool, but to me, like, I'm not okay with that, so I don't really want to fucking work out with some other fucking dude, and... I, I, I'm just not, I'm just not with it, so I'm always just like, nah, like, I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing here, like, yeah, but like, in between, and it's like, dude, I, you fucking watch what I'm doing, and tell me how many reps you can fit in between me fucking, you know, resting, like, this shit is fucking crazy, leave me alone, motherfucker, so, I don't fuck with people like that, the other thing is, is, is if I see, okay, there's two lap pull down stations, right, I'm still conscious of my fucking rest periods, because, I don't want to hold motherfuckers up because I don't want to be that fucking dude just like, you know, they should not want to be that fucking dude, but they are. So, I fucking, uh, you know, I'm training on the one thing. If I see an open bench, the, the other pull-down station is open, I know, man, I I could fucking take my time, do what I got to do, and, and, you know, whatever. I mean, I, you know, I, I take whatever time is necessary for my shit anyway. But, you know, like, you've got a little bit of leeway because there's another joint that somebody else can go to. That's, you know, that's just me. If I see that shit is, you know, is is occupied, now well, you know, maybe I'll put a little bit more emphasis on, on just, you know, busting my sets out and doing what I got to do and get the fuck out. I mean, it's just it's just a certain consciousness I have of it and, you know, a level of being polite. Like, I, I, I wouldn't encroach on somebody else's shit I don't want them encroaching on me. It's just I don't know, man. It's just it's just certain shit, man. And like you see, some people that just have no fucking courtesy and and just they they got no enthusiasm about their training. Which I don't give a fuck how enthusiastic uh, enthusiastic they are. I don't care how much they accomplished that day. But if you're going to not do a motherfucking thing and stand in the spot where I need to fucking be or, or train, quote-unquote train, with the equipment I use, but just fucking stand there holding it and shit, then then that's when I start to have a problem with it, man, because, it's, it, you know, I'm there to fucking do work. I don't want to socialize. I don't like seeing motherfuckers I know there, honestly. I don't like it at all because I don't even want to have to fucking make eye contact to say hi. I'm in the motherfucking zone, man. I got the headphones on. I'm trying to fucking do work, man. I'm trying to put a fucking beating on the muscle that I'm fucking working that day. That, that's what I fucking do when I train, man. And, it, again, not trying to big myself up or no shit like that, but I'm trying to make fucking progress, man. I'm not fucking, I'm not content with just doing the same shit as last week. I'm not just trying to. You know, keep it even or, or keep myself semi active. I'm just, I'm not content, man. I'm trying to fucking make progress in that motherfucker every time I'm in there. So I, I don't know, man. I just don't have tolerance for the bullshit. And especially after this fucking New Year shit, when you get a bunch of people to show up and act like they've always been there and then just look at you like, why are you so impatient? Like, motherfucker, like, I was here when you were fucking drinking talking about next week. I'll tell you what, man. Next week, it all changes for me. Next week, I'm going to be a bad mother. You know. Listen, dude. 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 No, no, dude. No, I'm serious, dude. Next week, yo, dude. You don't believe me? Dude. Next week, yo, dude. I'm going to be in the gym next week. I'm telling you, dude. Like, I don't need that motherfucker in my way. You know what I mean? Like, that's what he was fucking doing while I was still fucking training. So, I don't know, man. Motherfuckers just get on my nerves. Um, speaking of, you know, I had just talked to Kimberly, and I I also watched that uh that that music that Pete um, Fet finale show. I watched a good amount of that and uh, watched the Kimberly Chris Dickinson match, the one on one that they had over there. Great match, man. I liked that match quite a bit, and um, yeah, they. they They definitely put some fucking work in there and um you know, then they finished off the match where they gave like mutual respect and then Dickinson turned on her and fucking kicked her in the head and and that's what helped, you know, set up this um you know, the the future match. Um and then uh I, I watched the uh the low key and homicide versus the head squad match. That was another good shit right there. Um real good shit. Um I also watched um Sammy Callahan and Joey Janela. This was good shit. I, I like that a lot. Obviously, I'm a big fan of both guys' work, and um, yeah, I, I I like this a lot. I, you know, I watched. I didn't. I got to go back and finish watching the J.P. Dunn and uh, Chris Hero match. Chris Hero has just got shockingly fat, man. Like, I, you know, I, I'm not trying to be judgmental and this and this, but man, he has just gotten to look like shit. And, I mean, if he's going to do that, my deal is like, go back to the fucking shirt with the fucking, with the, with the leather pants and shit. You know what I mean? Go back with the fucking pleather gear and and rock the, you know what I mean? With, With the tank top gear. Something. You know what I mean? Wear something on that shit, man. I don't understand when motherfuckers' guts start to spill over their shit and they still think, like, the fucking underwear is the move. I'm not the biggest fan of the fucking. Underwear wrestler gear any fucking way I know that's the professional thing to do With the fucking trunks But man I ain't about it And if you fat as fuck man It it definitely is not a good look Definitely isn't a good look Anyway to me but um, That is some crazy shit That Chris Hero is doing right now I don't know what the fuck's going on I don't know if there's like a sale At the fucking supermarket Where he's at I don't know if he's got a hookup at the fast food joint. Maybe, like, you know, maybe he's got, like, a cousin that works there and, and gives him a discount. I don't know what the fuck goes on. I don't know if this is, like, a fuck you to the WWE because there was the rumors that, like, you know, he didn't train hard enough in the gym and he wasn't in the shape they wanted. And he's like, fuck you, I'll get paydays on the indies and get fatter than ever. Like, I don't know if this is, like, his his retribution, like, some kind of... Um, Some kind of calorie fucking retribution that he's going on. Maybe he's got some kind of mission that just really like, you know, um, break some kind of record for like, you know, weight gained in in a short period of time. I I don't really know what he's doing. I I I wish he would cut that shit out because Chris Hero is a great wrestler, and I always, um, you know, I enjoy his his work. But um, this shit is not a good look. You know what I mean? And um, I I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on there. But, um, I think that was the only matches I watched of it thus far. Um, I almost want to say there was another one I watched, but I'm probably wrong. Um, I'm going to talk more about the CZW show, um, like next week and a week after or some shit. Just, just, just random, like real quick. I uh, I'll just go into this because it just, it just bothers me because, um, the fucking DJ, you know, put out whatever statement they really want to figure out what the fuck they were doing and figure out who they're booking and what direction they're going and all this bullshit, right? Which is absolutely just that. Fucking bullshit. Because this fucking guy booked um, fucking Dave Christ and uh, two of his dudes, which I think, fuck, man. This is why I shouldn't even talk about it this week because I think it's the Desmond Xavier dude. I could be wrong, and then another dude.
2: Oh, I, I I just
1: I don't know his name off the top of my head. off the top of my head. Um, but it's those dudes. So okay, you got your Dave Chris gang, right? You know, is Ohio guys, and then you got the other team of Connor Claxton. Which correct me if I'm fucking wrong, but he's already got a crew, right? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's already got a crew that just finished fucking feuding with Dave Chris. Am I fucking wrong in saying that? Is, that? is that inaccurate for me to say that, like, they just got done fucking feuding with Dave Christ and now he's just going to be in a random tag team against Dave Christ and them without the fucking the nation of intoxication? What the fuck is going on? And then who are his tag team partners? Well, there's, there's fucking uh, Sozio, who why the fuck, uh, why the fuck is he tagged up with with uh Connor Claxton, why? And then the returning Bucks Belmar, but well, yo man, Bucks has been out for a long fucking time from CZW. Bucks is over. Bucks is charismatic. Bucks can can make a fucking big return and actually get a fucking big reaction just by himself working who fucking ever. You know what I mean? Personally, I would have used one of those fucking open challenge type joints and had him fucking wrestle somebody for that shit. I know you got um kind of, you know, the title pictures are kind of um, wrapped up already because you got Tremont up against Devin, the ladder match. You got... uh. Leo Rush defending two out of three falls against Joey Janella. Um Yeah, and that, that, that's pretty much it as far as their singles titles. So, you know, those are kind of wrapped up, and I understand that. And those are great matchups, too. But um, I don't know. I, I just think you could have did something even better with Bucks Belmar. I'm happy to see the dude back, but it shows right off the bat that they have no direction or idea or fucking any anything going. They got no fucking ideas for that dude, for Connor Claxton, or for fucking Sozio. They have no fucking idea what to do with any one of those dudes because they're just a random ass tag team against Dave Chris guys, which clearly are going to go over because how the fuck is this new form team that never talked to each other before, gimmick wise, how are they just going to fucking beat Dave Chris guys? How, what does that make him look like? And then, you know, I mean, when Dave Chris guys win, Are the the guys who never tagged together supposed to look at each other after the match like, how
2: could we lose?
1: Like, what the fuck? Uh, Of course you, I mean, it's just such asinine booking, man. Such complete asinine booking. I just, I can't stand that fucking, that arrogant, I'll just do whatever the fuck I want, whether it makes sense or not booking. Especially when you're like, yeah, you know, we're going to take off January because we really want to, you know, make sure that we get everything right, this and this. Get the fuck out of I mean it's just It's fucking crazy And That uh, Desmond Xavier guy If I, I'm not even positive That he's in that match But either way They should be spending The months leading up To best of the best Putting that guy On a fucking tear They should have that guy Fucking ripping dudes up On the fucking The, the light heavyweight dudes Put him in there Who would Whoever you want to Fucking put him over Put them over, motherfuckers. Bring in Caleb Conley for another sh- show. Let him fucking tear it up one-on-one. Let Desmond Xavier go over. Put him up, in, uh, up against another dude. Have that dude, you know, have the dude keep going over. Put him on a fucking tear where he looks unstoppable. You've got to build these fucking guys up towards best of the best. So when everybody ends up in best of the best, there's a believability that any one of those guys can win it. Instead of, every, you know, most of the best of the best, they come out, and you're like, fucking, I know who's winning this shit. Come on, man. You know, this, this fucking guy, he lost fucking 12 matches before he even got to this tournament. What the fuck, are you going to go sweep this tournament? Shit don't make no sense. I, you know what I mean? And, um I mean, last year's best of the best, storyline-wise, um, you know, didn't really lead into best of the best well. But best of the best is a standalone show. They told a really good story throughout the the tournament. One of the best actually booked Best of the Best shows from top to bottom. It really seemed to just flow really well. They told a good heel-face storyline, you know, throughout the show. And and it worked really, really well. problem, of course, is they did no follow-up to fucking Best of the Best. The majority of that tournament wasn't even fucking booked anymore. And if they were booked, they weren't booked often. Yeah, I mean, Gresham was not booked often. He was in the fucking finals, And, um, you know, um, uh, Bailey was booked for a while, but he just just fell stale anyway. Um, He never, to me, he never fit as a fucking face. That dude is going to wrestle Sammy fucking Callahan. I mean, the only thing that's going to put that dude over as a face is fucking Sammy Callahan putting him over as a face. Because the one thing that I don't like about Sammy Callahan's fucking return to professional wrestling, well, not to professional wrestling, to the indies, is the fact that he's all about trying to fucking pass the torch to everyone he wrestles. For the most part, it's like, oh, shake your hand, shake your hand, fucking, you know, uh, code of honor, fucking everyone shake your hand, this guy's the future, that guy's the future, that guy's the future. I don't really need him to... You know, fucking crown everybody. I need Sammy to just go back to being a fucking murderer. You know, just go through the fucking indies like a buzzsaw, just fucking killing people. And if you want to have fucking feuds with somebody, or you know, two or three months down the road, give him this fucking props fine. But like, he came right the fuck back and had a match where it could have went either way with David Starr. That shit didn't belong fucking happening, and I, I feel like the same fucking thing's gonna happen with Speedball. He's not gonna get into some fucking you know hey fuck you match. He's he's gonna get into they're gonna have a banging ass match and then after the match he's gonna talk about it. the future fucking shake his hand and fucking raise his hand mutual respect that whole nine yeah you know I mean and I, I you know he doesn't have to be a dick in real life or anything like that but god damn just just fucking the coolest thing about fucking Sammy to me is he was just like a like a monster like. He had really built himself up to just be a heartless fucking monster where he was doing that fucking slobbering in the range, just fucking murdering people. Back in the day, he was one of the fucking people that just ripped fucking Lephisto's head off without without mercy. He was just like, oh, shit. I mean, I know Lephisto's good hang with the fucking dudes, but Sammy is a fucking animal. What the fuck's going on? You know what I mean? And he was just really fucking going at like. And that was the thing, like, you just put him in, and he was just going to be fucking ruthless. And, uh, you know, you take a lot off that ruthless if you're the guy that's going to be fucking raising everybody's goddamn hand like you're the referee after the match. I mean, it's, I understand the mutual respect and this and that, but, like, limit that shit. I mean, the the fans are going to understand when you have a fucking tear-it-up fucking match with another guy that, hey this guy can hang. You don't need to get on the fucking mic and put everybody the fuck over. Uh, that's just my opinion, man, because as a fan, like I said, I want to see the fucking ruthless monster. Play a fucking, play a character and stick to that motherfucker until you get to the back. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm fucking wrong. I don't know. But um, anyway, so, um, yes, as I said earlier, the fucking Seahawks, fucking uh you know they, they uh they got beat by the fucking panthers and and to me look i'm I'm all fucking for it um they almost fucking came back, it's so ridiculous they gave the first half thirty one nothing, and then the second half was all fucking Seahawks, just just ridiculous fucking game, ridiculous, shit was. So fucking stupid, man. And Cam and those dudes better play four quarters of motherfucking football, man. They got Arizona ahead of them. They they get through fucking Arizona. They got most likely the New England fucking Patriots in the Super Bowl. You you can't play fucking two quarters against the fucking Pats. We're going to be handing them another fucking trophy, guys. Come on, man. I need Cam Newton to win this motherfucker. And, again, I keep hearing this Chip Chip Kelly bullshit, anti-Chip Kelly bullshit, I'm not having it. I'm telling you right now, I'm not fucking having it because fucking Philadelphia is not about fucking winners. It's it's just not. It's fucking not. They had fucking Joe Frazier and they decided to fucking celebrate a fictitious fucking boxer. I don't want to hear about what the fuck happened in Philly as far as success goes. I don't. Fucking yo, Chip Kelly went to fucking Philly, right? All right. He got rid of motherfuckers. This, that. First off, he doesn't have personnel decisions in fucking San Francisco. We got a fucking head off, you know, a front office that's that's not giving him those fucking decisions. So take that off the fucking table. That's number one. Number two, he's an offensive fucking-minded coach, all right? We have Navarro Bowman led the fucking NFL. Look, we had what, five fucking wins on the year? Five lonely fucking wins? Okay, guess what? We had Navarro Bowman led the fucking league in tackles. So if we don't have a defensive leader, nobody's got a fucking defensive leader. We have one of those fucking guys that's going to hold it down. Now, him being our defensive leader, leading the fucking league in tackles, coming back like a fucking force to be reckoned with, covering that fucking field, you can't just take the defense away from the San Francisco 49ers. There's going to be a defensive stability there because of a guy like Navarro Bowman. The fucking Eagles didn't have nobody like Navarro Bowman. They didn't have shit. They didn't have a fucking leader. If they had back in the day, like they used to have fucking Brian Dawkins, if they had Brian Dawkins there when fucking Chip Kelly was there, it would have been a different fucking game. But people don't get that shit.
2: They just go, oh, the fucking Eagles sucked. Chip Kelly sucks.
1: Really? Because the fucking Eagles blamed Andy Reid and the motherfucker was in the playoffs this year. They they were tired of just making it to the playoffs, so they got rid of fucking Andy Reid. So they now they don't make the fucking playoffs. I mean, it's it's simple fucking math. But yeah, I mean that that that's fucking filthy for you. It's fucking crazy. And I I just don't. If he fails, he fails. But I'm not gonna fucking listen to especially fucking supposed Niner fans shit on my fucking team as if we're already done. We're already not contenders whatsoever. We haven't played a motherfucking preseason game. Yeah, we have the seventh pick in the fucking draft. We ain't even fucking draft our fucking guys yet. That motherfucker's are counting us out. Keep sleeping, man. Keep fucking sleeping. It's all good. But I'm a fucking Niner fan to the death. And you're going to hear positivity out of me until negative shit happens. When negative shit happens, we'll talk about negative shit. you are going to talk about negative shit to me without putting a fucking a leg to stand on. It's fucking ignorant. It's fucking ignorant, dumb shit. Yeah, I mean... If you're born and fucking bred to be a fucking loser, then go ahead and call yourself a fucking loser before you play the game. But that's not my fucking style, man. We're going to play the fucking game. We're going to go out there, and we're going to see what the fuck shit looks like. I'm not going to judge what the fuck's going to happen off of Philly. The fuck is Philly? Why don't you count their motherfucking Super Bowl trophies and tell me how fucking Philly works? Because we got five in San Francisco. I want to hear about what fucking coaching Philly did. There ain't a fucking coaching Philly to win a Super Bowl. Who gives a fuck about what Chip Kelly did in fucking Philly? Fuck out of here, man! Shit gets on my fucking nerves. Anyway, so um, that's that's pretty much that. Check out Sports Ten; they talking about a bunch of shit over there, and um, check out my dude Andrew Carlock doing his uh thing over there too. And um yeah, I think that's about all I got. Uh, let me let me find my fucking outro deal. Uh, I'll see what I can pull together for fucking next week. I I got um. Man, I got to get this fucking computer together. Um, Let's see what goes on. All right. uh, Thanks for listening. I hope everything came together all right after uh, my my last-minute fucking scramble. And uh, I'll talk to
2: you motherfuckers later. Peace.
1: We're all a bunch of fucking assholes.
0: You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what am I make you? Good? You're not good. You just know how to hide. I lie. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always stomach me. Even when I lie. So say goodnight to the bad guy. I'ma tell you something shit off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no food.